What's good, everybody? Welcome back to the All Things Basketball podcast. I'm your host, Vic Lopez, as always, and I'm back with the final piece of the mini series of why you should watch these teams. I'm finally in the home stretch where I can finally get to some other topics around the NBA when this episode is over, and I hope you enjoy the rest of this episode, but let's get right into it. So we start with the Utah Jazz, 49-33, and 33, mediocre mania, you know, stacking draft picks. Obviously, Danny Ainge is the CEO of basketball for the Utah Jazz, and as you see, the team has been blown up. And officially blown up after Donovan Mitchell just got traded. Heard news about that. And, you know, initially you think about all the other teams that could have had Donovan Mitchell. Um, more, more notably, the Miami Heat, the New York Knicks. But when you see the kind of haul that Danny Ainge got for Donovan Mitchell, you know, you start to think to yourself, well, you know for a fact it's all about the picks, right? So trying to get as many picks as he can, pick swaps, maybe some future potential in Colin Sexton. It's just one of those things, right? I'm not going to try to convince you to watch the Utah Jazz because this is a clear-cut, blown-up roster stacked with players that are kind of like prove-it players. <laughs> you know, kind of, like I said, just just players that have kind of been kicked to the curb, right? Um, that were, Where we know they have some potential, they haven't shown it yet. Maybe they've shown some flashes, um, but then, you know, for the most part, kind of just dancing around the the not a good player or going to be a great player or okay player, right? <laughs> just to kind of keep it simple. So, and I talk about that with Jordan Clarkson, right? This guy finds himself again on another lottery team where he's just going to go out there and get buckets and lose every night right? Um, Jordan Clarkson, you know, one of my favorite Lakers at one time uh, when he played for my favorite team, you know, uh, but just one of those guys that, you know, spark plug off the bench. Can he be a starter? I don't know, you know, but this is going to be a, a, a season for him to kind of just go off, right? Uh, you think about Colin Sexton, a guy that's on a contract year. Uh, he could potentially be flipped again, who knows, but, you know, he's going to eventually look to get paid. So, you know, it's a prove-it year for for Colin Sexton as well. Coming back from that injury, obviously not seeing eye-to-eye with the Cleveland Cavaliers, they're clearly going to be tanking for Victor Wembenyama, who I have mentioned many times on the pod, French international potential future superstar, right? Uh, you get THT from the Lakers, that's uh, Talon Horton Tucker, you know, kind of a chance to prove it, right? Another one of those guys on this roster that's on a on a prove-it kind of situation, you know, uh, playing for a contract. You know, he's got a player option next season, which he's probably going to drop. Um, I don't think he's going to pick up that option. Um, I think this is a season where he's going to show what he's got and either prove Laker fans right or prove Laker fans wrong. You know, there's a lot of Laker fans that think THT is... You know, we, we got as much as we could for him because he's not a good player. And there's another fan base for THT that believes he's actually going to be really good, has a lot of potential, just wasn't really on the right team to be able to show that. Um, I'm leaning more towards the potential that he couldn't show because he's on a team with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, and he's kind of like a, a last fiddle 
guy, right, in the pecking order. Not a featured player by any means. And so, yeah, you know, we'll see what he's got. Um, I'm kind of on the Taylor Horton Tucker boat, but I do caution guys that think he's like some hidden gem potential superstar. You know, I'm definitely not on that end. Um, but yeah, let's move on. You know, um, the the trade that they got for Donovan Mitchell. What do I think about it? Um, I'd rather talk about that than convince you to watch this team real quick. Um, you know, is it a good haul for Donovan Mitchell? I think so. Now, how good are the picks going to be from Cleveland? Because Cleveland's going to be a really good team. So I don't know how good those picks are going to be. Uh, they do get Oche Igbaji. If you want to count that as a pick as well, because he hasn't played in the league yet, um, you know, three and D guy, I broke him down when I was talking about the Cavs, thinking that he was going to be on that team and, you know, just a, probably going to be a solid player in, in, in time, right? Uh, he is a little bit on the older side, right? Um, but yeah, you know, uh, obviously they get these picks. They're just stockpiling bullets in the chamber to be able to rebuild. Danny Ainge trying to mirror what he did in Boston stockpiling picks, you know, um, kind of uh, protecting his his job, right? Just kind of some job security because he's got all those picks. Um, but yeah, you know, not a good team, a team that's going to suck. Utah is probably going to be the worst team in the league. And yeah, let's move on to the next team. I'm looking at the Dallas Mavericks, 52 and 30. They have a deep run. You know, they get to the conference finals. They get one game from the Warriors. It was a gentleman's sweep right? They get one game, uh, sixth in defensive rating, right? And I want to start with obviously the face of the franchise, the potential face of the NBA, you know, the, the fan favorite, just a guy that has transcended this franchise, right? Luka Doncic, okay? Can you believe it's already year five for Luka Doncic? I, time is flying. You know, this guy already going to be in his fifth year in the league. Now, I want to read you some numbers, okay? To start off with Luka, 21.2. 28.8, 27.7, 28 28.4. That is his points per game in order from the beginning of his career to the season that just passed. It just, it just amazing, right? It reminds me of, obviously, you know, the obvious comparison with Luka Doncic that you hear all the time is LeBron, right? LeBron James. That's, that's who people compare Luka to. And I just want to say this, uh, watching Luka... You know, guys think he's the next LeBron, you know, because of the size, the stats, the playmaking, you know, kind of putting the team on his back and doing everything. But watching Luka reminds me of just how amazing LeBron really is, you know, and I'm not taking anything away from Luka. Luka is super young. He already has three-time All-NBA selections, which is ridiculous, you know, um, the reason I say it, it makes me think about how much more amazing LeBron is uh, because LeBron does it on the defensive end. You know, he has the LeBron stats, right? Similar stats, but he's not doing it defensively, right? Now, he has a lot of room to grow. You know, we're seeing skinny Luka memes, you know, where he's losing a lot of weight, looks a lot stronger, looks quicker, uh, just looks more in shape than in, you know, in recent memory. So, that could come, right? Now, obviously, not the physical type of specimen that LeBron is, right? LeBron was just a freak athlete, freak body, alien, right? And Luka is, I want to say, a more human version of LeBron, right? Um, a guy that 
can do everything LeBron does offensively in a way, minus the athleticism, um, and then, you know, puts it in the stats, right? But just defensively, like I said, just, just to know that LeBron does all that and then also has all NBA, like all defense selections, right? Just one of the best defenders of his time when LeBron was a little bit younger. Uh, but nonetheless, so obviously a future MVP in Luka Doncic, a guy that can push the franchise over the top with just a little bit more help, right? You can definitely see the end of the tunnel. You know, you could see the light at the end of the tunnel with Luka and the Mavs, just needs a little more help, right? And maybe he's got it. I don't know. Um, so let's go down the roster. JaVale McGee, right? Lob threat for Luka. He's a rim protector. He knows his role. He's a proven champion. He has improved IQ-wise uh, over the course of his career. He signed a contract with the intent to start, right? So he signed it thinking he's going to be in the starting lineup. So we can assume JaVale McGee is going to be a pick and roller, obviously diver to the basket, lob catcher. JaVale McGee is going to be a really good addition to this team. He's going to bolster that defense, and he's just going to give Luka another option offensively um, in terms of keeping defenses honest with backdoor cuts or pick and roll dives. Uh, Christian Wood. You know, if you guys are Mavericks fans and you're not familiar with Christian Wood, he's on a contract year, right? So he's going to be an unrestricted free agent next season. So you're going to get a guy that's going to try to ball out, you know? So you're potentially going to get his best season here um, because he's playing for a contract. Christian Wood is an above average three-point shooter, right? So decent three-point shooter. He's 6'10 with a seven foot three wingspan. Um, he moves quick. He has light feet. He's a good rebounder. He's not a good defender. Not a good defender. That's going to be a question because is Christian Wood going to start with JaVale McGee? I don't know about that, you know, because Christian Wood may be more valuable off the bench, right? To kind of pack a punch for some off bench scoring. Um, you know, you're looking at a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, he's, he's one of my favorite guys on the Mavs roster, uh, because of one silly reason. His favorite player is Kobe, you know. So Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, definitely a guy that I tell, I've been telling people uh, since Spencer Dinwiddie was in the Brooklyn Nets uh, to pick him up if you have like an extra slot on your fantasy team. Kind of a sleeper pick for that, right? Back in, back a couple of years ago, uh, a guy that could really produce, you know, but Spencer Dinwiddie, obviously Mavs fans are familiar with him. He's going to score. Um, he's going to try to show up in moments, you know, not afraid to take the big shots. You know, Jason Kidd had an interesting quote, you know, he says, I can't replace Brunson. He's a great player. We believe we're going to be bigger with Spencer and McGee. Right, So it sounds like they're going to start Spencer Dinwiddie and JaVale McGee together in that starting lineup. Uh, so that's something to look out for. We're looking at a team that also has a homegrown talent, right? Dorian Finney-Smith, classic 3 and D guy, good defender. They've developed him over time. He was undrafted in 2016. He's been with the Mavs ever since. Just a classic Mavericks player, solid role player who has improved over time, like I said, just, you know, a guy that knows his role and he's not going to play outside of it. Reliable player for the Mavericks. We're looking at Tim Hardaway Jr. The three-point shot, not really reliable. He's very hot and cold, very streaky guy, but he's definitely a guy that can pack a scoring punch once in a while. You know, a guy that can pop off 
for certain games. So important player for them for sure. He missed the playoffs because of the foot injury. So I would like to see him have a bounce back season, kind of more hungry, maybe more responsibility because now that Jalen Brunson isn't on the team, there's going to be a lot more minutes spread around, right? Uh, we're looking at a guy like Maxi Kleber, who was a huge thorn on Rudy Gobert's side, right? When they played the Mavs or the, when they, when the Mavs played the, the Utah Jazz, Maxi Kleber was making things very complicated for Rudy Gobert because they would park him in the corners and Rudy Gobert would have to stand out there. You know what I'm saying? Kind of had to show for Maxi Kleber. And Maxi Kleber, sharpshooter, right? Knockdown shooter at six foot ten. Very important role guy for these guys. Uh, you look at a guy like Davis Bertans, another sharpshooter that isn't always sharp shooting. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, he's one of those guys that you pay him a lot of money to shoot threes, and sometimes he's going to hit them, sometimes he's not. He's going to have a lot of cold nights. He's going to have a lot of hot nights, right? So, really streaky sharpshooter. Um, did you guys know also that he's missing a finger? Uh, just thought I'd throw that out there. Uh, if for anyone that doesn't really know, you can actually Google Davis Berton's finger. And there's an interesting story about that. You guys can really uh, check that out. But uh, Frank Nilakina, you know, a guy that's kind of been, you know, kind of, uh, we don't really know, you know, what he's going to be. We know he's a good defender, but he's like a theoretical 3 and D guy, right? Minus the 3 in a way, right? Like, we want to see the 3 be more consistent because we know he can defend and he could be very solid for them if he can just get a shot right? Uh, Reggie Bullock, another reliable 3 and D guy. He's above average from three. Solid player you can have on your team. Plays pretty good defense. And I want to get into this, the draft pick, right? This is a guy from the G League Ignite. Another G League Ignite guy. Love these G League Ignite people. This is one of them. Jaden Hardy, okay? Remember the name. Remember the name. He trained uh, with Damian Lillard at some point. And pretty comparable to Damian Lillard. Not not in practice right now, right? Like not not actual, but but you can tell, you know, the skill set is there. He likes the deep range step back threes. He gets blocked a lot when he attacks the basket. That's something that's a big knock on him, is that when he attacks, he's not very good off of contact. He gets blocked a lot. Uh, I don't remember the stat, but I remember reading something about that, about how Jaden Hardy got blocked a lot, like a lot more than other uh, players at his position, right? So that's something to look out for. He was actually like a lottery projected guy, and then he fell and fell and fell late later on in the draft, right? Uh, a guy that you know, the shot hasn't been consistent. So that's a question for Jaden Hardy as well. But I highly recommend you go on YouTube, search up Mike Schmitz, Jaden Hardy, and there's another interview with Mike Schmitz. But now let's move on to the next team, the Golden State Warriors, 53-29 and 29 last season, NBA champions, the whole thing. These are questions and statements that I think about in my head immediately when I think about the Warriors, right? How much is left in the tank for these guys and what are the decisions that are going to be made going forward? We're looking at Steph Curry, 34 years old now. <laughs> Holy cow. Time flies, man. He has had 13 seasons already in his career. I want to read a couple of things. Four-time champion, eight-time All-NBA. <laughs> He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Okay, now my question for Steph Curry, which is going to put him in 
some very interesting territory alongside some elite players in our history. Can he enter the five-finger club, right? What's the five-finger club? That's a ring on every finger on one hand, right? Five rings. Can he get that fifth ring? That fifth ring is going to put him in a class that is undeniable, right? Like, like people want to get cute and not put him in top 10s, top 15s. Some people want to say he's not even a top 20 player. I, I do have a little bit of trouble ranking Steph. Um, I would say as of right now, if he was to retire right now, I definitely, I definitely think I have him in the top 10. It's really hard for me to think about that because when you think about 10 players, it gets short really quickly. <laughs> you know, you can kind of name like six or seven off the bat. And then that's when you start to have some trouble. Um, I would like to come up with a list down the line in another episode, but nonetheless, you know, he is on the short list of guys that have their entire career with the same team, right? That's another thing that we have to celebrate with Steph, you know, a guy that's been on the same team forever, um, you know, just a guy that we know everything he can do. He is an all-time great. He is one of the best players in the league. No need to get into too much about Steph Curry. We know his greatness. I love Steph Curry. He changed the NBA forever, okay? And you know, people say he changed the NBA. He changed humanity <laughs> in a way, right? Like, like when you go out and play ball, when you go out and hoop with friends or if you're just going out there alone on a court, everyone that can't shoot is shooting. Deep shots, uh, step backs, you know, just just crazy, just crazy things that you didn't see, you know, probably like what, like 10 years ago or whatever it is. He changed basketball, period. So that alone should move him up in lists. Wherever you think you have him, maybe he's a little bit higher, you know, because of that, because that's very important. When you change basketball, that should be part of the argument in where you rank a player. But anyways, we look at the next person here, Clay Thompson, right? A guy that, you know, had some, some sad moments, some injuries, and they come out on top and win a championship. You know, this is Steph Curry's sidekick, you know, they, they are, you know, just an awesome duo that changed the game of basketball together. You know, Draymond Green, also part of that change of basketball, you know, interchangeable small ball guy that that guards bigs, he guards, set, you know, uh, forwards, guard, he guards the point guards, you know, a guy that's really an, uh, just an elite defender, super smart player off the ball, with the ball in his hands, very important. Draymond Green is in an interesting situation where he's more valuable to the Warriors than he probably would be to any other team in the league. Maybe a couple other teams, he would be just as valuable, but like when you're looking around, to who else would pay Draymond like max money? I think I'm comfortable thinking there's probably only two other teams that would do it. Um, you know, he's just super valuable to this team specifically as well. Um, you know, he's on a player option. Uh, he has a player option next season. So he could leave for pay. But then again, who's going to pay Draymond, right? That's a question that remains to be answered. We have Jonathan Kaminga, year two, a G League Ignite guy, you know, really putting on for the G League Ignite. You know, guys love Kuminga, and he's putting on for the G League Ignite. So far, they've survived trades, him and Moses Moody, right? These two guys have really survived some trades. So it's interesting to see them on this roster. Them combined with the veteran experience on this team is just awesome to see because you get the youth, 
the guys that kind of helped him push over the top and go through the long parts of the season, you know, giving guys more rest, uh, giving guys more ability to kind of not have to use so many miles, right? Like, like put more miles on their legs. These are the young guys that are going to show up and do things for the Warriors. Um, is Iguodala retiring? That's a question I have for the Warriors. You know, he's really been a shell of himself, but he's a veteran presence, important guy, smart player, you know, experience, not afraid of the moment, knows what to do. But yeah, this could be, who knows? You know, there's questions in the air. He says he doesn't know. He, he keeps saying whatever happens, happens. By the way, Andre Gudala, uh, he has a podcast with Evan Turner, I believe, uh, and it's called Point Forward. Recommend the podcast. He's had some good guests on there. Uh, pretty good podcast. I actually enjoy that. Um, and so, you know, we have a, a rookie for them, Lester Quinones. You might not be familiar with him, but he was awesome in college. Very reliable player, knockdown shooter, good scorer, uh, played for Memphis uh, in college. Keep your eyes out for Lester Quinones. Mac McClung is on this team. This is his second year in the NBA. He registered the seventh highest vertical in combine history at 43 and a half inches. Super athletic dude is going to bring the energy. He killed it in summer league. A dude that's just a highlight machine. He's going to bring excitement to the Warriors. Highly recommend you guys look up his highlights. This dude is a freak athlete and he's going to be really fun for these guys. You know, we have a big question. James Wiseman, you know, he's entering what people would call bust territory right? Now, it's only year two, technically year three, because he missed a whole season, right? Um, but yeah, so t I guess technically it is year three for him. You know, just hasn't been able to stay healthy. When he's been out there, it hasn't been good. So, you know, keep your eyes out for that. Is he going to get traded? Are they looking to, to do something with him? You know, the Warriors are protecting him by overly, you know, resting him and trying to come up with a plan for him because you're looking at bus territory. You know, if, if you're a Warriors fan, I'm sure you're a little worried about James Wiseman. A big question mark here that we obviously can't ignore is Jordan Poole. Do they trade him? Do they keep him? He's on a contract year and you know he's going to be looking for some max money. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent next season and it really looks like the decision is going to be between two guys for the Warriors. It's between Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole. If you're the Warriors, what do you do? I'll tell you what, if I'm the Warriors, you know, Andrew Wiggins was a huge reason these guys won the title, but do they capitalize on the value that I think I can argue Andrew Wiggins is worth more right now than he will be down the line? You know, Jordan Poole, young guy, he's got some more time to show. I would probably move Andrew Wiggins even though Andrew Wiggins was a bigger reason they won the title, right? We, we can all agree on that. Defensively, you know, grabbing rebounds, guarding multiple position guys, uh, scoring when he had to score. Andrew Wiggins was a massive piece. But if you're thinking about who you got to pay, I think I'm going to pay Jordan Poole. And I think I'm going to move Wiggins. You know, uh, that's an interesting question and a good reason why you should be watching the Warriors this season.
to just watch to see what happens next with these guys. Dante DiVincenzo, solid role player they signed. I think it was a two-year deal. You know, a guy that's kind of been around for a little bit now. Uh, reliable guy. He can knock down threes. He plays hard. He knows his role. Uh, just got, you know, he's been hurt in his career. So we'll see what he brings to the team. You know, do I think the Warriors are going to win this year? No. I don't think so, and I think it's because, I've mentioned it before on other episodes, repeating is hard as it is, and going back to the finals, back-to-back, is hard as it is. So, those are two big reasons, you know. Also, the team's got more miles, you know, it's 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 that thing, right? Like, the, the coming back to, to try to win a championship back-to-back is just not an easy task, and that's really the checkout for me, right? But let's move on to the next team. Second seed from last season, 56 and 26, the Memphis Grizzlies with the most improved player of the year, John ja Morant, right? Um, and also my pick last season to win coach of the year, but obviously he didn't. The winner of the coach of the year was Monty Williams. Uh, coach of the year for me, the pick was Taylor Jenkins, who is the coach of these Memphis Grizzlies. Now let's get into John ja Morant, super exciting guy, you know, who knows what this kid is going to become. He is just, if you are a content creator and you make NBA highlights for a living, John Morant is like just second to none, probably, when it comes to highlights. Because this guy is just, he's, even the dunk misses are, are highlights, you know. This guy is just a freak athlete. He is a fan favorite of the NBA. I'm going to say John Morant in, if I had to rank um, NBA players, like who who is the most exciting to watch, like who I'm trying to sell tickets, man, I think John Morant easily top three to sell tickets. To, to watch something exciting, to see something crazy that's going to blow your mind athletically, it's John Morant, like top three. I can't really think of a lot of other players that I would rather watch a highlight tape of or pay some tickets to see, do some crazy stuff, right? John Morant is just up there, you know, and the question for him is the three-point shot, right? Like, is it going to be consistent? That will definitely unlock a crazy part of his game. He's already pretty unguardable. He's a selfish player, awesome passer, smart guy, you know, just high IQ at such a young age. It's so crazy to see how smart he is and how young he is, right? Um, You know, bright future, he has MVP potential, you know. I can definitely see it in him. If you're a Memphis Grizzlies fan, this is such a good time to be one. You know, it's it's an amazing time to be a Memphis fan just because of John Morant alone. Um, I want to get into the other reasons of this team. Triple J, right, or obviously his name, Jaron Jackson Jr., injured his foot. A guy that's an awesome defender, but he does foul a lot, right? Can't stay out of foul trouble, uh, he's really known for that, but it's a guy that can spread the floor, plays smart, guards multiple positions. He can play multiple positions. He can catch lobs. He knows how to play the game. He's just a smart guy, you know, and he is a perfect fit for Jaw, you know, a guy that can really run the floor with him. Uh, we're looking at a guy like Desmond Bain, who I thought should have been most improved player because I thought we already know John Morant's great, you know, so to me, it was Desmond Bain the most improved player. That's just me. You know, 43% career three-point shooter, just an elite 
three-point shooter. He's a solid defender. He's super smart. He knows his role. If you want to learn a little bit more about Desmond Bain, he also has an interview with Mike Schmitz. You could definitely check that out. They talk a lot in that interview, just about where he comes from, proving people wrong, being a guy that was just overlooked his whole career, really, prior to the NBA, too. Um, You know, the Grizzlies supposedly refused to include him in a trade for Kevin Durant. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think if I could get KD and and you're telling me it's Desmond Bain that's holding you back, like, I don't know, I'll probably I'll probably trade Desmond Bain. Let's be honest. But nonetheless, super reliable guy in the backcourt. You need a Desmond Bain on your team for sure. Um, One of the more underrated guys in terms of the point guard position, he's a backup guard for these guys. Tyus Jones, above average from three. He's really an unsung hero for their bench, and he's in like he's at like the top. I'm not sure where he ranks, but he ranks in 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 the higher percentage of assist to turnover ratio, right? A guy that protects the ball does not turn the ball over. Um, he's a big sleeper, veteran point guard. You know, really kept keeps the bench together when they're all out there. Definitely check Tyus Jones out. Uh, he is super important for these guys. And like I said, unsung hero. Um, Zaire Williams in year two. You know, a lot of word around the league says that he's going to take a big leap this season. He's a 6'9", 185-pound forward. Kind of like an interchangeable guy that can play multiple positions as well. Memphis just has a lot of these guys. You know, he's awesome as a backdoor cutter and just an off-ball mover. Like, when you look up highlights for Zaire Williams, a lot of the stuff is generated from off the ball, which just shows how smart of a player he is. He is an athlete. His three-pointer needs some work, but he's a solid free-throw shooter for now. 78%. You know, I would like to see it hit 80 but 78 is respectable. You know, I think it's solid. Um, you know, and then you have Steven Adams doing Steven Adams things, right? Doing strongest man in the NBA things. <laughs> you know, he's in a contract year. So who knows what we get out of Steven Adams, but we know he's going to be solid. We know he's going to protect teammates. We know he's going to pick up seven footers with almost no effort, <laughs> right? This guy is like ridiculously strong. He's a tank. He's a loyal teammate, but also a really nice guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want to get into a couple of dudes that I'm interested to see that you may not know, okay? Kenny Lofton Jr., who went undrafted, I think he has a two-way contract with the Memphis Grizzlies, but he was debatably, right? He is, he was the U, he was on the U19 USA basketball team uh, last year with Jaden Ivey, Johnny Davis, Chet Holmgren, and some others on that team. Uh, he was arguably the MVP. He didn't win the MVP, but he scored the most points on the team. Okay, gold medal with them, obviously. If you want to get an idea, a lot of people in Summer League were saying he is Charles Barkley. He is not, okay? You want to really compare Kenny Lofton Jr., he's a small Zebo, right? Small Zach Randolph, really. That's that's really what he plays more like, okay? Um, and he's getting that three-point shot to fall, so that's going to be really interesting for him. He's one of my sleeper guys. He's been for a long time. Uh, I wasn't happy with the Instagram pages, the Twitter pages, showing highlights of him quote-unquote bullying Chet when in reality it was only a couple of possessions. But nonetheless, Kenny Lofton Jr., I think he's a solid pick. I think he's a steal. Uh, Obviously, no, not a pick. He was undrafted, but solid steal that didn't get drafted. Unreal. You know, I just can't believe he didn't go drafted. Um, And then this other guy who is a big sleeper, another one of my sleeper picks that actually did get drafted. He played three seasons at Colorado State. 
And that's probably why a lot of people don't know him, because he plays in the Mountain West. His name is David Roddy, okay? He is, if you want me to describe his game, he's a football player with basketball skills, okay? Usually you see a football player and it's a mess out there, right? He just can't keep the ball up in his hands, can't dribble, but once they're under the rim, you, you can't do anything about him. No, David Roddy is a football player with basketball skills. Literally, he played football. Um, he is one of my favorite sleeper picks because of the archetype. His body is so weird. He's six foot six, 255 pounds. Like, just a beast of a human being. 19 points, seven rebounds, three assists, a steal, and a block. That's what he averaged in college. And he's an average three-point shooter, pretty good three-point shooter. Um, he played like... I mean, he's he can really dunk the ball too. Like he's he's very physical. I want to say he's a less skilled. I don't want to say that either. He he's like what Zion would be, less physically imposing though, and skinnier in a way, right? Like I'm obviously exaggerating the comparison, but it's kind of an idea, so you can kind of get it. Like he is very undersized for the weight that he is, um, you know, and. Just an interesting guy. I had Colorado State winning a couple of games in the tournament. They got bounced in the first round, I think. Uh, yeah, I was definitely wrong about that. Now, uh, he was someone that Mike Schmitz was really supportive of. Mike Schmitz had a lot of influence on my pick about David Roddy as well. Uh, so, yeah, I was super interested. I highly recommend, not even Kenny Lofton, I highly recommend you guys YouTube David Roddy highlights. <laughs> the dude is a tank, you know, just awesome to watch. Very weird. And then you're looking at Danny Green, who tore his ACL. He is on this Memphis team, but he's probably not going to be available until All-Star. But yeah, those are my reasons that you want to watch the Memphis Grizzlies. We'll see what happens. Do I think they're going to be a second seed? No, I don't think so. I think when a team has early success like this, a young team, I think they're going to take a couple steps back. You know, I think, I don't see them having as strong of a season as they did. Okay, I went out on a limb and said they wouldn't have home court advantage and put them like as a fifth seed. I'm going to stand on that just for the sake of standing on my on my, uh, on my my points. I just think that coming off of a very successful season early in your career kind of puts takes your foot off the gas in a way because you kind of think that teams are going to roll over when you play them next season. And it comes to find out you're going to have a target on your back more scouting reports on you, and it's going to be harder for you. So we'll see what happens. Let's move on to the next team. And I'm looking at the number one seed, 64-18, and 18, Phoenix Suns. Okay, now, this is a team that needs to learn how to navigate the season to preserve themselves for a deep run. And obviously, you know I'm talking about Chris Paul. Um, you know, this is like the 10th last dance for Chris Paul, in, not, not literally, you know, not literally, because the last dance would assume he's going to retire. No, not literally. But I'm talking about, like, every season so far, like, in the last couple seasons, we've been saying the same thing about CP3. And we've been saying, okay, this is his last chance to win, to really, to really have a shot to win the title, right? To get that ring, to get the monkey off his back. We keep saying that, right? So this is like, okay, this is the last chance. This is the last chance. But who knows, you know, because these are some really good teams he's been on now. Um, and you know, I'd really like to see him get that ring. He has all the stats to back him as like a top three, maybe top five point guard of all time. 
but Ring's culture really haunts this dude, you know. Um, I'm going to get into a little segment for Chris Paul. New Orleans, he made him competitive, made him a playoff team. He leaves, they suck. Goes to the Clippers, who were a lottery team. Then they become a championship contender. He goes to the Rockets. Obviously, they become more serious of a contender. He, he goes to OKC, which OKC was a lottery team at the time. No one thought they were going to do anything that year. Takes him to the playoffs. He leaves OKC. They're back in the lottery again. Goes to the Suns, who, yes, they had a nice little bubble run, but let's be honest, nowhere near where we think of them right now. And the Suns go to the finals. So he's a winning player. You know, he is going to do the right things, knows how to play the game. He's skilled. He's smart. One of the smartest guys in the NBA. I'm going to say top three smartest player in the league. There's a lot of stories about Chris Paul's intelligence. You can look all that up on YouTube. Now, it's just people want to say, oh, he chokes at points. Every player has had burnout moments. You know, Chris Paul is not is not any different from that. But let's not ignore his greatness, right? So, Devin Booker, you know, people want to say Kobe light. No, stop calling him Kobe. Please stop comparing Devin Booker to Kobe. Can he at least get an all defense selection like NBA all defense right before we even think about comparing him to Kobe? Okay, now he's a star two guard, but he's not a superstar. I don't think Devin Booker's a superstar. Okay, I I really don't. All right. Um, But he is a great two guard, you know, one of the best two guards in the league for sure. Obviously, the Suns need him to be great in order to win it. Um, But yeah, you know, an exciting guy to watch. Obviously, a trash talker, a dude that's going to show up and hit big shots, not afraid of the moment, really wants to take the big shots, right? Exciting guy to watch. DeAndre Ayton, are the bridges burned now that he got his contract with them, right? Is it over? Is the beef done? Who knows? I hope so. Speaking of bridges, right? Mikhail Bridges. Awesome necessary piece for this team to succeed, right? He's an above average three-point shooter. He's improved his three. He's an 83% three-point shooter, or I'm sorry, uh, free throw shooter. And obviously guards multiple positions at an elite level, right? Strong defender, super important to the team's success. You need a Mikhail Bridges on your team. Cam Johnson, right? Good solid defender, good three-point shooter. He's 6'8 with just good size, knows his role, knocks down shots. It's just, he's just a guy that just adds reasons as to why this team is so good. I'm looking at a dude like Bismack Biombo, just a veteran big that's going to alleviate some pressure for Aiton. Now, he's no JaVale McGee, who, by the way, is no longer on this team. If you already heard, he's on the Mavs, obviously. But he is a much-needed big body for this roster. You're looking at Dario Saric on a contract year. Do they move him or are they keeping him? Who knows what's going to happen? This is not a franchise that's known for paying their players. Obviously, you saw how long it took them to literally pay Aiton. Basically, you know, their hand was forced to pay Aiton, really. So yeah, that just shows you a little bit. Now, another name that comes to mind that can potentially improve their roster, uh, whether he's on the team or if he gets moved, is Jay Crowder. He's on a contract year. There's a bunch of rumors about Jay Crowder being traded. So what can they get for him, right? Is this a team that's going to be a one seed again? I don't think so. You know, because I think that they finally realize with the Chris Paul injuries, you know, kind of breaking down in the playoffs that they cannot be so dominant in the regular season. They need to coast a little, you know, they need to pick their spots. They need to rest CP a little. They need to kind of find a healthy medium 
right? Where, where they can figure out, you know, we can go hard at these parts of the season. We can take our foot off the gas a little bit. They need to figure that out. They can't just fight to get a one seed if Chris Paul is going to break down in the second round, right? It's just one of those things they have to figure out. But that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks for listening to this mini-series of why you should watch these teams. This is the All Things Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Vic Lopez, and I'll catch you guys on the next one.